Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Hi, Vinny. Road to Growth listeners. Today, I got Joe Desheria. Did I? Desheria? No. Maybe? How, how, how far was I off? Okay, so the one mistake is you, you did what nobody else does. Is you, what you didn't do, you didn't ask me how to pronounce my name. That is I, true. It was like a hundred percent track record, and you just like you didn't ask me. But yeah, it's uh, Dichiara, Dichara, Dichara. Well, no, how do you say? It? You said I did it wrong, so tell me how I did it right. I'm kidding. You didn't do it wrong. Dichara. Oh. As long as there's a a D in front. Yeah. And you got to know that there's an I in there, even if you don't say it. Oh, fair enough. Well, okay. Everyone listening, uh, Joe, I'm going to just call him Joe the rest of it. So I'm not going to even go with the last name. The rest of the episodes that will be in the clear. He is the owner of uh, Bedrock Business Builders. And basically, he takes away all the fun that you love doing as a business owner, entrepreneur, all the paperwork, all the numbers. He takes that away and educates you on uh, how to at least have an understanding of it and kind of, and I guess he helps you out with it. Is that quick assessment, Jeff? Wait, did, did you say take away all the fun? Yeah, all that fun of the paperwork that everyone loves doing. Oh, you're a, you're a funny guy. You're being sarcastic. <laughs> Because the truth is, we're the only accounting firm that that shows people how to have fun with their accounting and bookkeeping, and I could prove it to you. All you got to do is come to our Saturday Mastermind. Uh, what's a, what's a um? And maybe you can give us a um, a little bit of a taste of it. What's the difference that people that think it's not fun compared to after they come to your Mastermind realize it could be fun? What's what is that difference? explain difference in their mindset in their yeah. I mean if you said if, if we come to your workshop and you can basically kind of teach people how to I guess look at numbers in a in a fun way so you want to know like our methods <laughs> just a taste just okay. a taste You're okay just, yeah. so we created this game game called Jeopardy okay okay it sounds like Jeopardy but it's Jeopardy and there's uh three squares across, three squares down, and we have like five different categories. And they're all based on what we're teaching that month because every month we have a workshop. Uh, Two months ago, we had a workshop on how to get grants. Last month, we had a workshop on tax problem resolutions. And this month, uh, we're doing something on how to squeeze as much cash out of your business, even if you're losing money. So we'll have a question about, so part of it is interest rates. Okay, I'm going to show people, you know, a very, very fun subject. People wake up in the morning saying, I want to learn about interest rates. But we ask questions like in a funny way. And you got to come on Saturday and you you have to experience it. But that's just one way. Is this... uh, um only in person do you have it online too no it's online it's okay, all it's online. online what's the best way to uh, uh go to the summer mastermindwithjoe.com 
Fair enough. Now, have you always uh, been someone that looked at numbers at a young age or who was uh, a young Joe? So I started my first business when I was 10. It was a casino I did in my driveway. Oh, wow. I, you know, and there, there was a story behind that. But, you know, for as long as I can remember, I was making money. I mean, sometimes it was money for other people. But I used to do like uh, trick or treat for Eunice. I just remember always making money. But then I, we did a carnival in, in my in my neighborhood, and we raised like two hundred bucks for muscular dystrophy. And I just took a bunch of the games that we were playing in the carnival, and I made it into a casino in my driveway. I invited all my. I was ten, and I made like four bucks. Everybody had a ball, and I remember thinking like. Why do people have a job when you could just, <laughs> you know, start a casino? And so it wasn't so much the numbers. It was the fact that you could just make money, with, you know. Of course, it's not that easy. I thought it was. But, you know, entrepreneurship, being able to take an idea and even sometimes somebody else's idea and make money with it. Uh and then I learned that you can do a lot of good with the money if you have the right mindset. What now, 10 years old, having these ideas, for the most part as a 10-year-old, I would assume that you'd have to have at least either a mentor, a parent, someone older helping you kind of coordinate the stuff. So who were, who were those people? I had a lot of people around me. Uh, honestly, if I had to put it on one person, it's my mother. She always, I just remember growing up, she didn't, she couldn't count on my dad. So she was like, I'm, I'm going to make money. (laughs) And she did all kinds of entrepreneurial things. In fact, right now she's 81 and she has her own Etsy store. Oh, wow. They didn't, she makes crafts and she's like, I just do it. So I don't go crazy. Uh, but she uh, she did Tupperware, uh, she did all kinds of stuff, flea market. She was always making money, and uh, I think that's where I got my. She was my mentor, I guess, without no knowing it. You know, my role model. You, you so you you see your mom kind of being an entrepreneur. You have this entrepreneur mindset. You, you're, I'm guessing, go to school, go to high school. What kind of what happened next? Walk me through those years. I mean, how are you gaining your knowledge and kind of like trying to build this idea of being an entrepreneur? Well, I don't think you have an idea of, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. You know, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. I was just like, I know people that have businesses have a heck of a lot more money than anyone in my family, and they're all working. So I want the money, you know, yeah, I did. They, they had stability, you know, I didn't know that, but I, I just wanted, I wanted to write my own ticket. That's what I wanted. And when I was 17, my father knew this. I was, you know, the kids I grew up with were turning out. Uh, let's just say uh, my family didn't want me hanging out with them anymore. Four of my best friends wound up getting arrested for armed robbery uh, that's that's all I have to say about that. But uh, my father says, uh, that guy over there is a CPA. We're at a picnic. 
It's like, what is a CPA? It's like, well, they, uh, they run companies and a lot of times people go to them for advice and they know everything about business. And I was like, I'll be a CPA then. <laughs> Literally not knowing what, what an accountant does. And I wound up being an accountant. And I resented my father for like 25 years. <laughs> I mean, I was still an entrepreneur. I was still doing crazy things, starting crazy businesses. But uh, I, was an, I was an accountant. A lot of times stuck in a cubicle. You know, but then uh, that all changed. I mean, I'm still an accountant, but I went from not liking it to loving it. What What was that trigger? What was that change? When I read a couple of books, number one, The Science of Getting Rich. This was all 12 years. Actually, 12 years ago, I took a course. It was The Science of Getting Rich first that made me think differently. It's like, you know what, I'm, and in a nutshell, all it is, is about, there is no competition. There's plenty of business out there for everyone. Okay. As long as you believe that it, if you're going to focus on competition, you might as well be, you know, you're a commodity then you're just competing with another guy. I don't have to compete with anybody. Uh, and then I, I took the Law of Success, which was a, a course that Napoleon Hill created long before he created Think and Grow Rich. Uh, this was actually a course. My best friend and my son went through it. And I created what, what he calls a definite chief aim. And, and this is actually it. I still go by it every day. And uh, that changed my whole that changed my life. Now you you said that you were an accountant, um, but you're also kind of having a side hustle. It sounds like, correct? Oh, always. What I'm kind of side hustle? Oh my god! I bought I bought a client's car stereo shop once. It was a disaster. It was a fifty thousand dollar lesson, and don't go into a business that you really don't know anything about. The scanner business, I started that when they first started talking about being, I bought this scanner for $40,000. And uh, if I stuck with it, I that would have been a good business. But today you could get that same scanner for about 100 bucks. Mm. Okay, so that was another expensive lesson. That one actually would have worked. Uh, the, I was baking uh, jewelry because my sister made really cool jewelry and I, I thought I could tell <laughs> you want me to go on. Oh, what were these? Le you said you, it was another expensive lesson, another expensive lesson. What were the lessons you were picking up? You know, everything happens for a reason. And after a while you start saying, you know, this lesson seems a little familiar. <laughs> So you keep making the same mistakes and you can, and then, you know, after a while you're like, Oh, now I get it. So the car stereo shop, <clears throat> I looked at it as my client just wasn't running a good business. He always had clients, uh, but I didn't, you know, I protected myself legally, but I didn't know that there were seasons and I just didn't know the business. 
and I didn't have anyone close to me. I put my father in there to, to run it on a day-to-day -day basis, but none of us knew about how to install a stereo. So when our stereo <laughs> installer quit, you know, we were stuck. And then the guy I bought it from had to come. It was just, it was a disaster. Uh, but a good disaster. You know, I, the, it was terrible at the time. But I'll tell you, you know, one of the blessings of, of becoming a CPA, not just a CPA, but I got varied experience working against or with the IRS criminal investigations, audits, uh, all kinds of stuff that has to do with small businesses, okay, thousands of them. And uh, the stuff I've gone through, you know how many times I wind up telling or it becomes part of my classes. It becomes part of what I teach. And if I didn't go through those experiences, I wouldn't be, you know, I would be telling these people from, I read it in a book. I'm like, no, I know exactly how it fe feels to, to not, to have, to have things not go the way you planned it. Okay, I don't say fail. My my coach Larry Broughton says that you know you're gonna fail. You're gonna, yeah, we're gonna fail temporarily. In other words, you're gonna try something. It's not gonna work out. But then you got to look at it and say, what can I learn from this? And am I gonna be stupid enough to do it again? <laughs> well, if let's say someone's listening right now and they're thinking uh, of buying a business. Right. And, and you've bought a, a good amount of businesses. I mean, not all of them exceeded. Right. What are some of the lessons you learned or things that they should be aware of or think about when they're looking at purchasing a business? Forget about the numbers. I mean, don't get me wrong. You got to do your due diligence. You got to look at the numbers. If the guy that or girl, woman, whatever entrepreneur that you're buying the business from does not have solid numbers, uh, stay away from that because there's something wrong. If somebody's unorganized, you're buying an unorganized business. But you gotta, whatever you go into, you gotta love it. You gotta, you gotta go into something that you would do for free if you could. In other words, if you had all the money that you ever needed, you would still do this, and that I would still be doing what I'm doing right now. Hmm. I love. I'm not. Are you paying me? I'm not getting paid for this, but I love talking because I know the more I talk about this, the, the more people I could help because these are fundamental business uh, practices that are the same as they were 40 years ago when I first started in, in business. Well, you were, so you talked about built, trying to build and buying these other businesses and you you were an accountant at that time. Was it your own firm? Were you part of someone else's firm when you first started going? Well, yeah, I I have about 15 years of CPA firm experience. Okay. I don't think anybody could actually start a tax or accounting practice until they got at least 10 years of experience. So, so in those 15 years, right, that was still a window of time when you're buying people's properties or buying people's oh, yeah. businesses. So what was, I mean, 
was it you were trying to find a way out of that firm or are you just trying to find an easier of doing what, what was the idea behind you know that entrepreneur mindset while you were in that firm yeah honestly i wanted to get out of accounting okay that was it you know i had this once and this is another lesson that that i learned uh let's just say long story short my business went from i had a part-time two-day a week uh accounting practice and that's what happens when you first start out you know you have enough clients to keep you busy for a couple of days so i had to work part-time for for other cpa firms per day uh i called this guy i know rich and he he had a per diem firm he would help accountants get jobs six months later I hired three full-time people through him. And he was like, six months ago, you were looking for a job. Now you're hiring. And, and that's how fast my, my accounting practice grew. But I had no systems. I didn't train my people. I assumed they knew what they were doing. And the whole business imploded. I was getting more leads, more new business than I could handle. And... I decided to sell that accounting practice, okay, wow. and go into uh, database programming for web, web database programming. It was, and I learned a lot about programming, but I didn't know how to, I, I wound up, I always wound up going back to accounting. Where, so when you, when you went on your own and you're getting the, the referrals, getting that new business, where was that coming from? What were you doing that was getting you so much uh, uh, new business? I was out there. I was out there networking, coming in. You just put yourself, you know, that's what, when you're an entrepreneur, you just put yourself into, into opportunities. You know, that's another thing that's great about the accounting uh, business if you're an entrepreneurial accountant, and I, I've worked for a few, only a few, most accountants aren't entrepreneurs. They're conservative, you know, and that that was never me. But uh, the entrepreneurial accountants, they start doing business with their with their clients. They go into real estate. They, you know, I've seen accountants try to take their clients public. Uh, that's one of the, uh, benefits of being an entrepreneurial accountant. You just meet a lot of people and, uh, you, you come across opportunity. There's no shortage of opportunities, no shortage of opportunities. And it goes back to the idea is finding the right one, one that you have passion with the one that's actually a good fit. Absolutely. Well, that's what the, you know, that's what Napoleon Hill helped me realize in the science of getting rich. I was all over the place. I thought it was all about just making money. I was, you know, how much am I, you know, getting per hour? What's my cash flow? It, it's, it goes a lot deeper than that. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people can get very rich monetarily by running businesses like that, by just going by the numbers uh, I decided I, I got to have fun this way. Even if I don't make a lot of money, at least I could say I had fun. That's the philosophy that, you know, when you come, if you become a client of ours, 
we got great clients and it's uh, the people we attract like to have fun. It's just the way. And, and I guess it's like the laws of attraction, but the people that don't like fun wind up leaving. I don't know if they get put off by our, our humor or our, you know, we're, we're not like a typical accounting firm. Let's put it that way. Is, so was this your next step in, into accounting saying, you know what, if I'm going to get back into accounting, I want to make sure it's fun. Is that? No, I honestly, when I, I realized that the way I was running my accounting business wasn't going to work if I wanted to do the kind of things I wanted to do. And that didn't just have to do with money. It had to do with quality of life, you know, traveling. Uh, so I looked at what I'm really good at and what I'm really bad at, and it was marketing. So I went out. I have a friend uh, that was uh, – he toured with Guns N' Roses, Air Supply. He was just a very – he had a business where he taught marketing based on what he learned from you don't become no, that big without having a machine okay and i went out there with the intentions of being a business coach i said i want to teach millions of people these philosophies that i learned from napoleon hill uh and you know there's no coincidences it turned out after you know, years, don't get me wrong. This is, if you want, if you're starting a business, the best advice is to be patient because it's not going to happen overnight. I spent years trying to figure out exactly to the, you know, as focused as I could get exactly what I wanted to do and who I wanted to help. Uh, and I believe what Zig Ziglar said, you know, if you want to get you know, anything you want, help enough people get what they want. And it became, hey, I figured, this is what it is. I figured out how to help millions of people by doing bookkeeping and talking about it. If that's, <laughs> and we talk about that all the time. My team and I, I'm like, how did we do this? We made bookkeeping, uh, into a scalable business and we're helping people. We're helping them by teaching them, you know, so when they become a client, they're getting a lesson in business. Now you, you talked about, okay, well, we did this. It came to that. I mean, how was it trial and error? Was it a game plan? Was it mentoring? Oh, from so the, so here's how it works. I did, this is, basically the same definite chief aim I wrote 12 years ago. And if you don't know what it is, it's an exercise that Napoleon Hill has in, in Think and Grow Rich, and he has one in, in The Laws of Success. And all I said, I followed his directions. He said, just write it. It's three paragraphs. Bruce Lee wrote a definite chief aim, and all you got to do is read his, uh, if you know anything about Bruce Lee. But it's 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 kind of scary what he wrote because it, it came true, and mine is coming true because I wrote down that I will uh, help millions of entrepreneurs by t talking about what we're talking about tonight, exactly what we're talking about. 
Okay. I didn't know how I was going to do it because I never spoke in public. I mean, yeah, I spoke in public, but not, you know, like this. I was never on a podcast. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't even have a website. Uh, and little by little, things just started falling into place. Exactly how Napoleon Hill said it would. He said, when you put that definite chief aim in place, and it doesn't have to be a definite chief aim. People talk about this all the time. You know, the laws of attraction, visualizing. I've done all the vision boards. But I've gotten so clear and on who we want to work with and how we can reach them. You know, we have a team. We have a system. That's how we got on your show. You know, we said we want to connect with podcasters that are talking about business. So, you know, and it's not just that. I said, okay, these are the people I want to help. And then I said, I go into exactly how I'm going to do it. I'm going to write books. Right now I have like four books I wrote myself, three others I'm, I'm in as a collaborator. I'm writing another one. I didn't write a book when I wrote this out. And I didn't think about the how. I just, I just did what Napoleon Hill said. And what a lot of other people, I mean, Tony Robbins, everyone's saying this. Just, you know, feel it, think about it, and act as if it's already it's already happened. Was there any time in building bedrock business builders that you thought about going back to corporate world, going back to it sounds like you were you were getting so much business as your own. So I mean, that's probably not the, the same way back, but was there any stuff that being a leader of other people or anything like that, that you wanted to go back? I think every entrepreneur <laughs> wakes up sometimes and says, man, I wish I was just going to a job. Yeah. You know, we all have those days, you know, but that's not how people get successful. You know, it's okay to feel like that, but then you, you, you come to your senses in like 15 seconds. You're like, wait a second. That didn't work the first time or the second time or the third time, you know, but yeah. And that's because things get tough. It's not if it's when, and you know, I'm still standing. <laughs> well, talking about still standing and, and your big goals, if we were talking the same five years from now, where would you be? Where's Joe going to be? Where's your company going to be? I'm going to be probably sitting at the same desk, only in a, a nicer room in my own building. Uh, somewhere with a really nice view. And uh, doing the same exact thing that I'm doing right now. Hey, well, I mean, if... I mean, I know there's a lot of young uh, accountants, CPAs that are probably listening right now. You know, if you could talk to your younger self, that person that just got out of school, that had the information, that was bright eyed, ready to get out there, any advice you would give to them or give to your younger self? I, I mean, there's a lot of advice, but there's fundamentals. Uh, I could give them some books to read and just follow what's in those because they Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, because your relationships are more important than anything else. You can go bankrupt, 
but if you get the right relationships, real relationships, not based on, you know, phoniness or, but real relationships, you could always come back. Uh, and Napoleon Hill, the law of success. You follow those, you're guaranteed, guaranteed to increase your chances of success. <laughs> Nothing's guaranteed, but at least, it, you know, the truth is I read those, I read Dale Carnegie 40 years ago. I just didn't, I, I read like the cover and I thought I got it. Well, I appreciate you, Joe, being here. I appreciate you being honest and being transparent about everything you've gone through and uh, and what you're still going through. So I appreciate you. I know everyone listening got some great nuggets right there. I mean, have passion, have love. And I think it's be okay with who you are. I mean, if you're if you like humor, give that to your clients. It's, I know for myself, it took me a while to actually be okay with allowing to be funny with my clients because you're you almost come from the idea of scarcity you're like well i'm gonna push people away by being who i really am but once you realize that people want to be with someone real it can make a world a world of difference so i appreciate you joe for being here thank you that's beautiful i agree thank you um everyone uh please subscribe please share go to joe's workshop it will be in the show notes uh thank you again joe and Hopefully everyone uh, had a, a great episode and a great day and talk to you the next one. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.